Yeah. You were always exhausted. Yeah, but I just kind of assumed that was hard work. That's like what you did. Like that, that, and that's the toxic thing, right? Like, you know, growing up the way we did. Were you hopeless in that time? All the time, yeah. But I just, I've been feeling hopeless for years. And, and like I said, I was, I was like, I'm focusing myself to give myself hope. Welcome to Hope Forward. I'm Matt. I'm Pat. And this week we're going to talk about burnout. But we also have a special guest. My wife. Also known as Boss. We don't give her that much. Just kidding. Say hello, babe. Hey. What's your name? My name is Ashton. Good. Don't say last names. People okay. don't like those. Okay. So, um, Ashton's going to be here and she's going to give a perspective on burnout as viewing her husband and Patrick is going to ask me questions about burnout because he thinks it's funny. Um, <laughs> but before we do that, Pat, how about you kick us off and tell us what do you think burnout is and what is it? Don't talk, okay, you, you, you tell us what it is and then we'll go from there. <laughs> I'll tell you what I think it is. Okay. I think it, burnout is any emotional, physical, or psychological or mental uh, tiredness from over, from stress from overall stress i think it's prolonged prolonged stress of any physical mental or emotional state can lead to what we call burnout that's what i think burnout is what do you think burnout is ashton you okay hmm? well that was good we're done here <laughs> you live in it I do. I do. matt is emotional <laughs> physical and mental stress I think you, you meant to say the term excellence. Those combined are, are all... Burnout, <laughs> burnout. excellence, synonymous. Yes. You know what I think about burnout? I, yeah. I, I genuinely, you know, when I reflect on it a lot, you know, it's probably like a Dodge Hellcat just flooring it on the highway, burning those tires. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Taking it the other way. <laughs> That's a good burnout. At some point, this podcast is, you know, I feel outnumbered here because you're staring at me and she's staring at me. And I'm just like, what do y'all want me to do? <laughs> Repent for my sins? <laughs> <laughs> um, or, or I guess maybe if we're, we're thinking about hopelessness and, and purpose and that sort of thing, let's start with where does burnout um, start to create a separation <clears throat> from your hopelessness or start driving your hopelessness? A separation from your purpose and driving to your, you know, your hopelessness. Well, I think when you're burnt out, you're not focused on purpose. Mm -hmm. You're focused on the, the task in front of you, even if it's a menial task. And burnout, if anything, it creates tiredness, right? Where you're just tired all the time. You're lethargic. Mm -hmm. you're, you're not looking forward to things in the future or even the next day. And so, I mean, that inevitably leads to, to hopelessness. And, you know, I think... Um, I read where a company, I think it was called Kronos, did a study of like 600 different HR HR directors or firms across the country, and um, overwhelmingly, they said that the the number one reason for employees leaving their companies was burnout. It wasn't 
the job was too hard or that, that they didn't like the job, it was burnout, which is that prolonged stress, you know, that leads to hopelessness and being tired and unfulfilled and eventually and or ultimately not having a purpose or at least feeling like you have a purpose. Do you feel like burnout is only in respect to jobs or where else do you think it shows up? Oh, no, no. I think you can get burnt out parenting. I mean, I mean that's a very intimate and and close-knit circle. It, it doesn't happen as often as a job, but I mean, I mean we've mentioned before like parents need a break, you know. They need they need adult time to not have kids around or whatever or or maybe maybe it's not not having kids around but not being busy. You know, kids today are so much busier than when I was growing up. Yeah. We had baseball, summertime. That was it. Right. Now it's year-round, every weekend, five practices a night, select soccer, select basketball, all this stuff. And so parents can get, I think, can get burnt out on that busyness. And you quit seeing the fun or the enjoyment of your child necessarily doing something, but it's just like... You know, it's just another task. Oh, it never ends. Oh, we got to get her. We got to hurry here. We got to hurry there. We got to hurry. That has nothing to do with love for the children. It has nothing to do with if you want them to be in stuff. But, you know, I think you can experience burnout in that way. Yeah. Um, I think you can, you can experience burnout. I think, you know, you can experience burnout in anything. I think for most people it affects them in their job because, sadly, that's where right. most American adults spend most of their time. As the studies have shown, most most Americans are are going on five hours of sleep a night, and they're working upwards of like twelve hours. That's a stat I saw somewhere. On the I saw it on the internet, so on it has, internet. To it has to be true. Has to be true. So, to the point about <clears throat> parents needing a break, I think you have a good perspective on this. So, my wife Ashton, who's sitting here quietly staring at me. Um, judgingly, and judgingly, at you, dude, judgingly. It's, it's like the daggers hurt. Yeah, um, <laughs> they can't see that. I can feel it. Um, you know what? For the first three, four years of our marriage, I worked. You stayed at home with the two babies. You know how well, did really five? Five. Yeah. So, so how did the uh, how did that feel? Do you ever feel like you were ever burned out or just had too much? And um. How did you I don't it? think I felt it when they were babies. I think I felt it more like when they were talking and doing stuff, like when they were trying to figure out their emotions and like I was having to like mitigate emotions for them and like they're all screaming and I want to scream and like I don't feel like I have like an outlet because it's just kids all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I remember when you're like, I'm just tired of everyone yelling. And I'm like, well, I don't know what else to do. Like, I'm I'm yelling because they're yelling. And they're yelling because I'm yelling. I don't know. Yeah. It's a party. No. And you were alone if you and was I, at work. I, yeah. I mean, you've always worked really long hours. You've always traveled. So, yeah, there were times when, like, when he would be gone for a whole week. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no family around. It's just me. And everyone's screaming. <laughs> hmm. So how so, did yeah. you? So so it's actually interesting. How did you get through it? 
I think how how did you not feel hopeless because you were oh. like like super tired, right? Like I know you're exhausted. I think I had hope or I just had faith knowing that you were coming back. So like there was an end to it. Yeah. Okay. And I'm able to like <laughs> do that. Like I was able to help myself like, okay, we've got 25 more hours. And then, I mean, I remember staring at the computer and like watching your flight and be like, oh my God, he's got like five hours left. And then like you came home and I'm like, okay, they're yours. Like you get to deal with the screaming. I think that's what kept me from <laughs> not being hopeless. Yeah. Well, and there were times too, though, where like, I know for extended trips, <clears throat> your, your mom and dad came. Yeah, they stayed, did. And that helped, right? Yeah. It helped you. You had a support system. Oh uh, yeah, I did. That helped you from, from getting truly to that two burned out place. Yeah. I mean, especially whenever the girls were younger. I mean, our right. kids are 11 months apart, so <laughs> I needed that help. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an extended period of time. And so there's two extremes on either side, right? You can, I think parents can get burnt out in a day if you're just busy. And then there's like single moms who don't have someone coming home or, you know, and it's like, man, I bet they're just worn thin to a frazzle. And, and, you know, and the thing is, is we don't talk about it because we feel bad. Uh, you feel bad saying this about your children. Like you shouldn't want to not want to be around them or whatever. And it's not that you don't want to be around them, but it's just, we need to recognize that it's okay to say, I got to step away, you know, or I need to put the crime baby down. The baby will live, but I need to go into this room and just fold some towels or, or do something, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and we need to make a, safe space where parents can talk to one another, not feel judged, not feel bad, not feel like you're less than, you know? Yeah. Um, I always tell parents, especially when I was a pastor, cause I was also a probation officer. I was bivocational. And I used to say, you know, if you're trying, you're, you're a good parent. Like I have seen bad parents, yeah. abusive parents. Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference in being burnt out, being tired, being frustrated and just being a terrible parent. Yeah. Well, I think our kids know that too. Right. I mean, I know our girls, I mean, they're pretty self-aware, but they're like, okay, I need to go to my room right now. And I need to like be away. I'm like, yeah, I, I need you to just go to your room. And it's not that I don't love them. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I need you to not be right next to me right now. I'm tired of feeling your breath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. But for you, you know, I talked about this on a previous podcast um, that you may or may not have listened to. Um, the I was I was telling Pat, you know, one of your dreams growing up was you wanted to be a mom. Yep. Like that's all you wanted to do. You're like, I don't care. <laughs> Just give me babies, right? Yeah. Um, that was like your that's like your joy, your passion, like being a mom. So you know, based on what we just talked about, you obviously got to points where it was like, this is just too much. Yeah. Right. Um, even though that's what you, you feel is your purpose, what you've always wanted to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So did you ever doubt that you wanted to have kids after this was done or like you didn't want that anymore? Or actually the fact that, you know, that was the thing you always wanted. That was the thing you want to do. It actually, actually gave you more hope to go and endure it because you're like, I may not love them right now, but I will in 10 minutes, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I ever doubted wanting them. I I tell people now, like, had we not 
gotten pregnant with Riley so quickly. We might have waited some time because Chloe had such terrible colic. And there were times when I was like, I don't want to be a mom anymore. Yeah. When she was crying and I was like, I don't know what to do. Right. Um, but I don't think it ever made me doubt wanting kids or wanting to continue to have my children. Right. What about Lindsay and and kids? Do you think she ever had burnout with it? Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> Safe she, answer. Good, good thing she's not here. <laughs> Never. She yeah. is a superwoman. No, of course, man. I mean, yeah. I've come home from work before, and she's just, you know, can you take them for a while yeah. or whatever. Um I mean, it just happens. It happens with everybody. Yeah. It happens. It happens. You know, with our youngest, he's just rambunctious, and it's just who he is. He's happy. He's not. Mm-hmm. He's not being bad. He's just yeah, like like a ping pong ball, right, all over the place. You right. Know? And um, it makes you tired. It makes me tired. It's mm-hmm. not just Lindsay, but me too. I mean, yeah. there are times where it's just. You know, and our oldest is into sports, and it's like when you have work and you have to leave work, or you need to work later, you need to get something done. And but oh, we got soccer practice, we have dance, we have this, and then when you get home, oh, it's bad. Oh, we got to make lunches for tomorrow. Oh, man, you look up, it's already ten o'clock. You know, and our kids go to bed at eight thirty, <laughs> and it's just right. So yeah, she she's she experiences that too. Do you ever uh, like? How do you, in my opinion, it's always felt like, like I know with, with Ashton and, and stuff, it's like when it came to kids and, and family and burnout, it always felt like it was when you kind of got to a two moment, right? Like too much, right? As mm-hmm. opposed to like early warning signals, it was just like, you know, a very quick explosion of like, yep, I've had too much of you right now. Yeah. yeah. You know, do you, do you think that, there's any like healthy way of approaching that? Like, do you think, yeah, I'm going to have dedicated like mom time right now or dedicated dad time right now helps with that. Cause I feel like sometimes it's like, there's just so much energy that comes from having to deal with your kids and family sometimes that it just creates this like <clears throat> no amount of planning at any point in time to say, yeah. Hey, this is my dedicated time is going to re energize you enough for that. Just cause it's just life, you know, it's just going to hit at any moment and you're just going to have to deal with it. So like, right. How did, how did, how do y'all re-energize when it's very ad hoc like that? Well, I mean, the first thing I think is we have grace for it. And I think parents have grace for it because right. it's not just, it doesn't just have to be parent child, right? It can be, it can be child parent. If right. your parent's older and you're the child having to take care of your parent or what if it's, that's where boundaries come in. You just shut them off. <laughs> Shady pines. <laughs> Good thing they take Medicaid or care or whatever it is. No. Um, or even, um, you know, sickness. Yeah. Somebody's sick. A spouse is sick. Or, you know, you can get burnout from, from that. Right. Um, it's just, it's really just like being involved with something for too right. long. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's. Well, you see this in relationships too, right? Like when you, when you hear people like when they're dating, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. It's like more like, Hey, like it's okay. Like don't stick to each other the whole time. Right. You're just going to end up hating each other. Right. You know, ain't right. that right, babe? That's right. 
When That's are you going to go on the next work trip? <laughs> <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> it's coming up. <laughs> Give it a few weeks. Uh, We're in the planning phase. Yeah. I'm going to bow out of this one, folks. <laughs> no. See you all next I, Friday. Are there warning signs? I think you, I think you can feel yourself getting tired. Yeah. But I do think when you hit that point, it, sometimes it's just like running into a brick wall. Yeah. And I think it does come on with... I, I don't know if it comes on quick or if it's a trigger that brings it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. um, to use like a work example, like I might be working on a job for a week, but I don't get a file that I need three days before a bid's due. Well, I wasn't stressed out or burned out until yeah. then. And then all of a sudden that happens. And now it's like, it's changed my whole paradigm of yeah. what I have to do. Now I have to work extra this time. You know, it's, well, so it's, it's taking something that should have been done in a week and now it's compressed it down to three days, but I didn't know that was coming until yeah. just now. But that's, that's like just like stress. But I think where burnout comes into play is whenever that happens over and over that and over happens again, over and over again. So right. when, a, when something like that happens, let's call it a paper cut, right? That paper cut is like a laceration because you haven't actually re-energized. You haven't actually, come back mm-hmm. to like a, a equilibrium. So when stress hits, you're just like, Oh, there's just too much. So it's, it's like, just more stress, you know, like kids, it's like, if like, you know, like Ashton was talking about with Chloe, like she had colic. And I remember like 7 PM every single night, let's sit together for two and a half hours while she screams her head off. Right. Because she's tired and she wants to go to sleep and she can't cause her stomach hurts, you know, like that sort of thing. And we mm. just, we just had to sit and bear it as parents for what, three months. Oh, I feel like it was longer than that, but it was like, the faucet on high on full blast. Oh yeah. And we, we blew through like three hair dryers cause we just kept them on noise. and just the noise, the down. white noise. White noise. And mm. I, like there was a times when all three of us were just crying cause we're like, what do we do? Not mm-hmm. me. I'm not in that boat, but I was, there, there were times when you were pretty like, Exhausted yes, and Ashton. tired. How how crying was Matt? Exactly. <laughs> he's he's maybe cried three times in our in our marriage. Mm-hmm. I've known him for nineteen years. So yeah, three times. I still yeah. got my tough status. So <laughs> I'm from Texas. We don't cry. There you go. <laughs> There's the other shirt. There's Texas jokes. You have to listen to the other podcast. Yeah. You, you wouldn't get it. Okay. Right, because I wasn't born here. I got it. Yeah. Got it. I, I was <laughs> definitely born in Austin, but cool. Fun facts. Yeah. But I think, I, I mean, I think you can mitigate burnout some. I mean, that's why it's so important at work. You know, a good boss will say you need to take your vacation. You need to take your vacation. You yeah. need to take that time. You know, and I think it's the same with but relationships. A productive boss will know that that's not a good idea. <laughs> Sorry. Just, I was going to say, really? I thought studies showed that like four-day work does. weeks actually are it, more it productive does. than it the five-day I mean, you're work. talking to the boss who's like, wait, did all, is all your stuff done? You can't no. take off until all your stuff's I, done. I'm not that way at all. I just tell people, I'm like, hey, I, you're an adult. Balance your schedule. Get your stuff done. I don't care. That's, that's what right. I tell people. Yeah. No need to micromanage. Yeah. I make jokes about it, though. People will be like, "Well, I don't know if I have enough time for that." And I'm like, "You know, there's 24 hours in a day." Do you right. take your Do you take your vacation? We'll get to me in a minute. Okay, oh. <laughs> just curious. I don't take my vacation like I should either. Yeah, but but you should. You should. And you yeah. should take and you should take time for yourself. Yeah, there's a book called Play. Um, it's on my shelf. I never finished it. It's really big. 
Um, but it talks about this this concept of like you you need to go and you need to recharge. You need to go do this because it's it's really the only effective way to pre- prevent burnout, right? This is actually why hobbies and creativity exercises and stuff like that are really good for you because it <clears throat> you can't tell. It's like one of those things that like while you're doing it, you may not feel the recharge. You may not come out of it and be like, oh, I just feel refreshed. But mm-hmm. it's it's subtle. And mm-hmm. so when you do hit those paper cuts again, you're like, oh, that doesn't hurt. It's like, you know, people talk about working out as well as like stress relievers and stuff like that. But all those things kind of combine healthy habits. You know, they actually are your best like fight against burnout. Right. Right. Because if you're to the point where you're having to like walk away from something or disengage with something because you're burned out, it's like it's it's too far. Right. Like that's not good. That's just stopping the thing that's hurting you. But it doesn't give you back the energy you need to, to make it better. You know, so burn. Yeah, because burnout keeps you from a from at least three things, right? It keeps you from your aspirations. Like, let's say you're doing your job that you love and you, you should still get burnt out in something you love. Right. And if you're burnt out, it keeps you from your aspirations, from, from setting goals of what you want to do. It messes with your integration of your work, personal life, or your personal, personal life when it comes to relationships, mm-hmm. right? And then you don't recharge. Yep. It messes with your ability to recharge if you're burnt out yep. because you're stressed. So you can't sleep. You're, you know, a lot of times when, when you're burnt out, you're always thinking about that one thing. Like, yeah, I'm sure when, when your daughter had colic, it was front and center in your mind. Even if she wasn't crying at that moment, it was back here, you know, it's coming, you know, yeah, and it's a, like, so you're not recharging cause you're always preparing cause you're stressed out. Yeah. It's the same with work. Well, it right? was like when you put her down to sleep and you're like, all right, is she really asleep? Is she not asleep? Yeah. We'd yeah. walk right. away and it's like a ticking time bomb. She's yeah. like going to cry in any minute. And you, you'd hear like a little muffled uh, when she rolled over and you'd be like, oh God. Everything freezes. <laughs> don't move. Don't do anything. Like, is she, is it going off? We don't know what's happening. Yeah. I'm so, I, feel, I feel bad for her. That, yeah. that must have been terrible. That's poor no, baby. She's a happy child. Well, she don't of even, course. She don't remember. Um, so, babe. What's up? Outside of family, mm-hmm. do you, what is. Where do you see burnout in your, your day-to-day life, excluding me and that sort of thing where you see that? But, w- like, you know, working at the school and existing around people, like, what does burnout look like to you for a lot of folks? Um, I don't know that I experience much in my day-to-day at school. I think it more comes with, like, if the kids at school are just being on a whole other level of crazy and then I have to come home with two of those children that I have taught that day. Mm-hmm. And I'm already like over children, but I have to bring two home with me because yep. they live with me. I, f- I think that's, I would guess, my type of burnout because I'm just like over people at that point. I mean, I, we've got 500 kids in school. That's a lot of kids. Yeah. You know, but I don't think my day to day has much burnout. So your, your burnout isn't like prolonged and like, no, you, you get to bounce back fairly quickly. It's just getting too much in a day at one point. Yeah. But I mean, that's like, I think few and far between as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Do I seem burned out often to you? I would say about average. There's probably one day a week where you come home and you're just like, mm-hmm. I'm over this. Yeah. You know, like you're, it's, it's five thirty and you're already in your room, room, hunkered down in the bed five tablets, two phones, leave me alone and play my apps. <laughs> you know, but I yeah. feel like we're entering that no flies zone that we <laughs> talked about a couple of podcasts. Yeah, it's, ago. it's okay. Matthew likes to push that beer barrier often. Pat's here. He's a witness. You can't do anything to me. 
He's family. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. What about for you, Pat? Where do you where do you see burnout every day? Especially you know you where you work, small business kind of started up in the last what five years, six years old. How old's the company? Uh, Almost ten. Ten. Yeah. Twenty so, twenty twelve. Yeah. So started twenty twelve, and you know. But I've been there going on seven, I think, if yeah. I do my math right. And you were talking, you know, just before we started, you know, just about how you got a curveball with with an estimate you know yeah so like you get fun work to do this weekend because of that so like what does the burnout look like you know in your in your life how do you how do you sense it how do you detect it you know where does it go and and what does it look like around people you work with yeah it's really odd because i think in so i'm in construction for people that are wondering it's odd because you would think all right we're in the austin area so there's not a slowdown in construction. It's the fastest growing area in the nation. We have more work than anybody can do. It's a really good time to be in construction. So, so no, no gripe there. I don't get burnt out with the people I work with. I I love them. You know, I'm genuinely friends with them. Like the other estimator, me and him were talking today about, you know, catching a fight or or whatever, doing things outside of work. Like riding motorcycles. Yes. Just going to put that there. Riding motorcycles. Don't look at her. Don't look at her. It's fine. Riding motorcycles, yes, and uh, <laughs> skydiving. I'll but go skydiving. There you go. <laughs> so, um, and and where I work, it's it's not where I work that gets burnt out. It's it's across the board. You can just see it with everybody mm. in the office. You can feel it, and it's odd because when it's good times, you can you can sort of sense the burnout coming because like man, we're all just wearing we're all being worn to a thin because we're bidding so much work and then we win so much work that now the project managers have so much work to project manage and it dominoes up and it dominoes down. The more work you have, the more money the accounting department has to deal with, the more work the guys in the field have to, everybody experiences burnout in that, that way from the stress of doing it. And then the other side is when it's slow, you you get burnt out because then you're going after work that a hundred other companies are going after and you're competing and it's just stressful and you're almost bidding from, from an estimator standpoint, you're, you're almost bidding more work then because you have to land it because the, like the economy slow now, thanks be to God. We hadn't experienced that lately. Um, but as like, I mean, we say it in construction, it's coming. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a slowdown. That's just the nature of the beast, mm-hmm. you know? So where I experience it most is probably in my own time management. Mm-hmm. My, my lack of time management um, probably creates more burnout in me. And it's it goes back to that integration of work family. Mm-hmm. So if I'm <clears throat> doing a lot with uh, the kids, practice, dance, Lindsay, we're doing all kinds of stuff going, you know, and then I still have all this work, how do I balance that? And a lot of times when that gets out of whack, I'm burnt out yeah. because then I'm just tired. I'm staying how, how up. You, how do you get back? Do you just have to? You well, just I think say, there's I'm three. Taking the day off and I'm resetting. Yes, for me, yeah. I mean, so I think there's three responses to burnout, and um, two of them. Uh, I, the brakes or throttle through. Just well, <laughs> I think when you experience burnout, one you either you either need to question is it time for a change. Mm-hmm. Two. Is this just a season where I'm at work? Mm-hmm. And that's typically what my burnout is. 
where mm-hmm. I work. It's just a season. It's like, okay, we're just we're really pumping it through. And so, mm-hmm. or three, you need to add something to your life that will help alleviate that burnout. So one of them is a complete change. Like I'm burnt out. I need to make a decision. This is going to kill me, mm-hmm. right? The the other two, one, it's like my life's okay. We're doing all right. This is just a season. We're like in the case of construction, we're bidding like crazy. Look, we're going to have some late nights for the next month. Okay, get through that, win our work, and sort of get back to normalcy. The third one, though, I think is sort of where I'm at is I need to add something to my life to help alleviate that burnout because I'm burnt. If I'm burnt out from work, if I'm burnt out from work, it's not work's fault. It's that I don't have anything else in my life to create that hope or that fulfillment, right? And so it's not that I don't have a purpose. It's just your life just can't be about work, mm-hmm. right? And that's not work's fault. That's I need to go to a Bible study. I need to find a hobby. I need to start exercising. I need to go to sleep at a decent hour. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not work's fault that I stay up late watching The Man in the High Castle. You know, that's my own fault. I'm mm-hmm. the one staying up till midnight doing that. Yeah. You know, um, and then there have been times that are more akin to that second one where it's like, okay, everything's going well. It's just a season and it's just, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, it's just pedal to the metal and we're all, we're all doing it. Yeah. You know, the, the one that I think is dangerous though is the first one I mentioned where you're so burnt out you don't feel like you have a purpose. It doesn't matter what you add to your life or if you take a day off, if you rest or whatever, it's just drudgery because you're so burnt out. No motivation. And I think that, right. And I think that that's when you really need to pay attention to what needs to change. Right. And when I say change, I don't mean like the other one where I said, add something to your life. That's a change too, but that's just, that's just a minor change. I'm, I'm talking like, there are times I think when you burn out that it can lead to like health issues because yep. you're so stressed out yep. and what, and there needs to be a big change. It's you know? been linked to like early onset, um, heart disease, mm-hmm. and stress. And, uh, oddly anxiety. enough, you know where you see that a lot in the church yeah, and pastors. Yeah. There's, they're so stressed out and it's yeah. a study. I was reading a study today, actually it, it ties into this. Um, it takes an the average pastor it takes them 7 days off off of not doing ministry before they feel like they've come down from doing ministry right so if you only take 7 days off you're just now getting to the point where you're feeling rested mm-hmm. to go back in like you're you're really not getting over you feeling burnt out that's why like I, I mentioned before in seminary they always preached you need to take that month long sabbatical yeah. you need to take that 3 week sabbatical you need to take that time away to be with your family and not be at your church. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's an interesting, I mentioned this in previous episodes, a guy named Boyd Vardy and in that book, the, the lion's the tracker's, line, guide, yeah. Yeah, tracker's guide to life or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> there's an, an African tribe. I think they're called the, the Shangon, I, I think is what they're called. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but, um, they, they had a saying, that talked about it takes at least three days in the wild for you to get reconnected to nature. Mm. I, I don't think that's the specific saying, but that's what they were getting to. It's like, if you're going to, and, and you can actually ask Ashton this, like when we go on vacations, like <clears throat> the first two, three days of the vacation, like I'm wound up. Like I don't, I'm just like, no, get off vacation, get back to work. Right. Like I'm just, I'm just not, I'm not connected. Will you turn vacation into work? 
whereas vacations should be like really relaxing and like go with the flow. I and just, you're like, we need everything I just to flow. Know, I just want to know where my time's going. <laughs> That's not what vacation is. I just is. want to know a plan. But the, uh, the, See, I'm all, about, I'm all about staycation. I like going places. I yeah. want to see places. But, man, the best vacation that I've ever experienced was yeah. sitting at my house and not having to have I, anything to do. I, I like going places, but I just have to have a moment where I'm just like, I, it's, it's weird. I, I just I need to be alone. And then I can come in and like participate. But like when we, like, mm-hmm. like the first day is travel, so we got to do this. The next day is like get things bought and planned. You know, it's just that's mm-hmm. why I'm like it's just work. And but yeah, it takes at least two or three days for me to be like, cool. Yeah. It's usually once you sit down with your book and finish the book that you brought, and then you're fine. Yeah, because it was my milestone. I always take a book on a vacation. I'm always, like, and it's like this before you end. It's like five thousand pages, and he's like, "I got to finish this before we can do anything." What are you reading, Matt? Encyclopedia Britannica. Hey, Leave me alone. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I felt I the read same. One and a half books last time. It was good, productive vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there so glad go. that it was. <laughs> Your family didn't enjoy it one bit, but I'm glad they, you they, had a productive they vacation. It. They enjoyed it. They were happy. You know, I, f- I felt the same way this past weekend. As you know, we, me and my you know, my younger brother went up to our alma mater to watch a baseball game in the spring football game. And one of the meals, um, so there was like 15 of us, right? Mm-hmm. Kids and everything. And... Um, did y'all take the bus? We did. Yep. And um, <laughs> okay. one of the meals I was sitting down with my nephews and nieces, sort of away from the adults. And my brother was like, man, I'm sorry that you sat down there and, you know, you weren't able to do the conversation. I yeah. Said, and he's, I, he's not like us. <laughs> no, but, but what I'm getting at, no, he's, 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 he's uh, he wants to be there. He's very much, uh, that's his he read. could he could very much run a five star hotel like a five star hotel. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's that, that's very, his gift. Right? That is his gift. You know, like that's his, that's, that's right. His gift. But I, he still needs his time because because what I was getting at is when we were in the in the uh, car going to the baseball game, it was just me and him, and we call them the bigs. We have the littles and the bigs, right? So mm-hmm. we had just the bigs because we're not taking babies to a baseball game. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "I'm sorry that you were stuck down there with the little kids or whatever." And I was like, "Spitz, I don't mean this to sound bad." But I'm just sort of at that point where I don't need to have to talk. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I feel you. I'm sort of there too. Yeah. And it's like everybody needs that moment where they just, it's not that you don't want to be around people and talk or enjoy, but you have to have that moment where you just recharge. Yeah. That's not burnout, but I mean. But it can contribute to it. It can right? contribute like if, to if, burnout. If you, if you, like again, back to that repetitive stressor, that repetitive like thing. If you're already kind of broken down, and then you have that, like you just see it shut down. Like, you know, Ashton would, you know, she used to make this comment. She's like, when certain family members would come around, she's like, you just, you're completely different. Mm-hmm. She's like, you just, you just lock down, you just stop, and it's, and it's because repetitive stress, repetitive anxiety. You're just like, yeah. no, I'm, I'm out. See, Lindsay noticed that with me in the church. Yep when we started going back to church, um, she would say things like, and she was right in this, but she would be like, you, you sort of become a whole different person when you come to church. I would get irritable or angry. And and I still sometimes do that. And I think it's still this underlying healing that I'm needing to do from being burnt out, you know, as a pastor and, and what happened. And, and, but even if you're still a pastor, you know, think about, 
everything, most of the stuff pastors hear is what? Negative, right? Because that's sort of right. our role in life. Um, you hear nothing but negative. You're constantly getting pulled on, right? And right. it sounds like I'm saying that in a negative sense. As a pastor, we love it, but there comes a point where that can burn you out. Yeah. You just get empty. And I think that, that that's that physical, emotional, and mental stress, the repetitive stress, just time and time again, that just leads to horrendous burnout. And, and then burnout leads to hopelessness. Hopelessness leads to a lack of focus, no dreams. It leads to no, you know, nothing. It leads to, well, can lead to death. You know, like we said, it can lead to health issues. Right. So, what about you? Where's your burnout? Everywhere. <laughs> Where would you like to begin? I'll I'll let you oh. do the interviewing now. Uh, you can. Don't ask her questions. She'll just like bait me. I'm not gonna ask you. I'm not gonna say family. Yeah. But I don't know. I, you seem burnt out. I mean, work. I know you work like a like a slave sometimes. I. Ashton, do you think that I have ever not appeared to be burned out? Negative. Even when even when y'all were younger dating? So what, what created that? Family. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean what yeah. but what burned you out about that? About family or just about What created the burnout, I should say? <clears throat> what um, was what was the repetitive stress? It's a lot of things. So it Burnout is manifested. This, this is a key thing. It's, it's, I really want to emphasize, I think it's just repetitive stress. It, it's manifested in different ways. So um, when I was younger, it was, you know, uh, relationships, family relationships, stuff like that. You know, we talked about it kind of some of the other podcasts, you know, lack of feeling important, stuff like that. Um, I think the burnout, I think this is where most people will say this is depression, right? Mm-hmm. And l- l- not really burnout, but like depression. Right? I think burnout can lead yeah. to depression right. for sure. It's a very, very similar thing. So I think mostly in younger life, it's, you know, depression, not because of like a chemical imbalance or something like that, but just because of a, an environment and a set of habits and mm-hmm. negative narratives you're playing. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that I made probably the mistake of that I'm learning now um, as as a middle aged adult, and, and and it struggles, and, and me and Ashton talk about this all the time. She's like, I just, <laughs> she's like, this is not a hard problem to solve. Like, find a hobby, and I'm like, I can't find a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just like me finding a hobby is like very difficult. No, the, right? I told you the other day. I don't think you even know what a hobby is. I don't like. Like he tries to find something to do with a purpose outside of himself. And that's not a hobby. Like he needs to find something that he enjoys for himself with no other strings attached to it. Like he's like, oh, I could, he used to be into art. He's like, oh, I could start doing art, but I have to sell it. Why? Like, why can't the art be for you? Or he's like, I like to write. He's like, maybe I should write a book, but I have to sell the book. Why? Like, why can't that be yours? And he doesn't understand. I don't think he understands that it right. it can just be his. It doesn't have to be somebody else's. Yeah, Jordan Peterson talked about people that write about themselves and how good it is mentally, like to oh, sit yeah. down and just journal about yourself. It's you should good. try gardening. We tried over the pandemic. The birds stole all of the the things, and I mm. gave up. I was like, I'm not doing this again. Okay. Yeah. 
we started nice. having some good progress. I was like, had the little sprouts, the little shoots. And I was like, man, we got a little green thumb. Next day, all gone. <laughs> Stupid birds. Um, no, but on a serious note, you should find a hobby. I mean, not just you, Matt, but you in general should find a hobby. Yeah. You, well, that's something you like. Yeah. I mean, I think the, I think it the, should, it, it, if it's not edifying you, it's, yeah. you know, it's not really a so, hobby. I think it was actually like, I took good habits and I weaponized them. I think that's what happened. Weaponize them against yourself? Not intentionally, but I, I think I well, made, I mean, what do you mean when you say weaponized? Like I just made them very effective, but they're too effective, right? Like they're like to the point where like it's a detriment to myself. So, so let me, let me give you um, an example. So um, <clears throat> when I went to, when I, when I moved schools, mm-hmm. college, right? And uh, I went to the to second school and I, and you know, went back home, got my degree doing that. Um, I woke up at five o'clock every morning. Okay. I drove 40 minutes to work. I worked from, yeah, open the, the thing up. Uh, you know, I try to get to work about six, six fifteen, six thirty. 30. Um, I'd work till about nine thirty in the morning. I opened the clinic up there at the hospital. Um, Waited for all the, the parents who had kids in like elementary and stuff to show up who were working and all that sort of stuff. So I covered the morning so that they, we, that way they didn't have to like get up really early and stress their families out. And that was the deal we made. Um, <clears throat> then I go to class. So I drive 25 minutes to college and go to class. Um, I do one, two, three classes. I took 18 hours a semester at this point. I didn't take 15. I didn't take 12. Mm-hmm, like I was mm-hmm. like, I'm getting out. Um, I've been there. Yep. Uh, it took 18 hours and then would go back to the clinic mm-hmm. and then I would close it up and I would leave about seven or eight. <clears throat> and there was always this one doctor who just like uh, took five hours to, to get done. Um, and it, it, <laughs> he's always behind. Very thorough. Yeah, very thorough. <laughs> he'd, you know, he'd have one hour clinic sessions that lasted two hours. Mm. Um, his patients loved him and that's fine. So I, I'd sit there and then, um, I tried to like multitask. He would think the doctor would have a key to the hospital that he could let yeah. himself out. Right, exactly. But I had to, we had to stay cause you, you can't leave till the last patient's gone. So I'd be there till, till seven, eight, whatever. Um, <clears throat> and then, um, uh, I drive home. Mm-hmm. Uh, another 40 minutes or so back to the house. And then I would uh, do my homework that I had. And I was, you know, studying computer science and, you know, math and all that sort of stuff. So you always had like a hundred calculus problems I had to do on top of like an English paper. I don't know. You had to take that for basket weaving. Yep. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And uh, software basket weaving. It's it's a prereq. Um, Uh. And so I... uh, so I did that, and I and then I took a May mini mester, where I crammed one class into That's three, right. three weeks. That's right. Been there. Right? That is not easy. And Everybody's like, "Oh, do a mini mester. Yes. It'll knock a class out. It'll knock you out." It's yep. But I crazy. did. I did that and work. Yeah. Right. And then I did. Um, then I did it again first uh, summer. Uh huh. Second summer, and I did that for two and a half years. And I was I was taking eighteen class eighteen hours a semester. Uh-huh. And I was working about. 32 hours a week and when I could get the overtime I would so that I could you know pay money and and what I would do is I would like save my money and then I would like liquidate my bank account to pay for half of my tuition every semester and I'd pay for the mini courses like the main mini semesters out of my thing and that's where I just kind of was like I started doing that and and I I think what fueled me there was um, 
a lot of different things uh, pushed me to do that. <clears throat> but I, I developed a habit at that point of just grit and determination and focus, right? Um, I had no social life. Uh, I, I had one friend. We, we didn't stay in touch, right? Because, <laughs> you know, not really deep connections. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> or a couple friends, but yeah. Um, you know, I didn't really date anybody except for Ashton at the, you know, near the end of college, right? Um, you know, I just was heads down. And on the one hand, it's, it's awesome because if you look at it, you're like, dude, so productive. Like, you wiped out so much student loan debt you could have had, you know, because of that. And you just, you know, you, you, know, you just busted butt the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, so you weaponized productivity. Yeah, and I've been doing it for years. And so, yeah. so you know, we, we got married and do you think that that the sorry not not to interject but do you think that that do you think some of that has to do with your personality yeah i think some of it like i like i'm that way I, like I, gary I, my boss gets mad at me because he's like dude why are you working late you don't need to work late and i'm like i just want to get this done like that ha there's something in me that has to finish yeah what i started there, there's definitely a, a like a nurture aspect to that because the way i was brought up with my dad you know being a marine and his mission focus and right. also being a pastor and like, Hey, you need to have purpose and do all these things. Right. It, that definitely plays a lot into why I think I, I, uh, I got that mental model, but I think it also was fueled by insecurity, right? Because I, you know, if you, if you, I, I didn't think I was worth anything, right? Like I, I, I didn't have a support system, you know, right. like, you know, I'm talking about these, these coming home and stuff, but it's like, I didn't come home and sit down for 20 minutes and even like, you know, hey, dad, what's up? We lived in the same house and I wasn't like talking to him, you know, because I was working the whole time. So were you already burnt out at this point? Uh, burnt out. Burnout wasn't even like a, a, a buzzword at that moment. Right. I'm saying looking back, though, were you, were back, you burnt out? Um, probably. Yeah. You were always exhausted. Yeah, but I just kind of assumed that was hard work. That's like what you did. Like that that and that's the toxic thing, right? Like, you know, growing up the way we did. Were you hopeless in that time? All the time, yeah. But I just I've been feeling hopeless for years and, and like I said, I was I was like, I'm focusing myself to give myself hope. And so my hope was like if you finish these things, if you do these things, it's gonna work out good for you. So just keep going, right? Like you'll pat yourself on the back one day for this hard work, right? That thing <laughs> That is true, but if you t tell yourself that and you never stop to relish the victory, no. And that's and that's the thing I never did. I never stopped to relish the victory. So um, we got married summer of 2011. Mm -hmm. I finished my last semester, and then we went straight to Plano, Texas, and I got my first job, right? And then uh, and, and this job, I worked for Raytheon, right? Um, really awesome company honestly uh when it came to work-life balance they were like you know we have a flex schedule if you have to do more hours this week you can take um no pto the next week you know just flex your hours so if you did like 80 hours the first week the next week you're off not against your pto um fridays you only had to work four hours because you did 10 hour days the other days right um and so or, or whatever nine hour days excuse me you did nine hour days and then four hours on friday and so, um, yeah, there's a really good thing. Um, great benefits just all around. The pay wasn't awesome, right? To be clear, like you couldn't, you definitely couldn't, if you weren't already financially set, it's really hard to build a financial base with, with what they were paying salary wise, but, um, without like a second, uh, income stream, but it was a good job and <clears throat> really good benefits, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, my peers came in at like, you know, nine in the morning, 
left about 5.36, came in at 9 in the morning on Fridays, left about noon. I went in at 5 in the morning, and I left at 6 or 7 at night. Mm-hmm. On multiple occasions, I worked 80-hour weeks, so I had a second week off, and I didn't take that second week off. Um, Did you get paid overtime for it, too? Yes. And that was that was part of it too. I was like, I felt like we had to because I didn't work. Yeah. And like he got paid nothing. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, there were times when we were like, okay, do we so that might have just, cable I mean, or not have cable? Because you know, it's like so is that is that burnout or is that sort of well, like well, that's the season of life we're in. I th- we I have think, to do what we have to do. I think it is the season of life we're in. I don't think that I wouldn't make the decision differently. I think it's what we should have done. But the point is, is that there was a lack of recognition of what it was doing to me in my mental state and my health. Like Mm. I'm, I was programming myself through Mm -hmm. those habits of like, you will not stop. You will do this. You will focus on the mission. I don't. And, 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 and I think that Americans struggle with that and that we're sort of programmed right from the get go. Yeah. I mean, you're programmed kids get up. Eight o'clock, school, three thirty, done. Supper, go to bed. And I'm not saying the structure's bad, but I mean like then it's college and it's this and you're sort of right. our culture is sort of geared to programming us into some way, one way or the other, but it's Yeah. For productivity. Yeah. But there was a the, but there was a thing that, that happened was like we started working really hard, started doing that, and then it kinda got to a point where it's like, Okay, I've moved all the levers that I can move. I don't see myself being fulfilled by this job anymore. I also don't see myself developing external activities and hobbies that are making me happy. And like, and, and the things that I would wanted to do was interesting. Like that cost money that we couldn't do. So it was like, we will get a new job. Right. And so we moved to like another company and it was very, very hipster. Right. Um, very cool. You know, mm, like same yeah, thing. Flex. I wouldn't have fit in probably. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, you would have, it's fine. Um, but they, uh, um, you know, <laughs> I, I would have been the hipster what, to what, them. What did, what did you call it when you saw it, babe? It was an adult daycare right. at best. Yeah. That's, that's what I she, walked in and I was like, wait, you, you work in, in this? Yeah, yeah. Like there were Nerf guns, like Nerf, or Nerf <laughs> bullets flying across. There was like yeah. leaves hanging from the seat. Like it was an adult daycare. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was, and definitely. you left. Yeah. And like, it, it, because, and, th- and this is where the programming came in, right? Because I, I went there and, you know, I got like a $20,000 raise to go to that job. Um, got in, realized that I was actually most worth, worth more than I had. And actually a good mentor of mine, um, my director there, I'm still in touch with him. I, I trust him a whole lot. He, you know, he told me, he's like, Matt, like, I'll be frank with you. Like you suck at negotiating, right? And like, that's why you're not getting paid what you're worth basically. And I was, you know, this, this place was like, if you didn't want to show up at work, cool. You weren't going to get fired. They're just like, cool. You just get day off. Don't worry about it. PTO. And I was still coming home and being like punching through code, figuring out why things were broken. Like I remember one time there was this, there was this issue in one of the software packages. It was an, an open source like library that we pull in. I know this probably doesn't make sense, but they um, it had like a it had a bug in it, right? And the guys that I worked with, they had just like let it sit there for like months. They're like, yeah, we don't know what happens. It happens every now and then. Just you know, like just reset it and keep moving. It's fine. And I was like, screw this, like fix it. I went home. 
I sat on my couch, you know, with my, I, you know, we put Chloe to bed. Mm-hmm. I had to, you know, sit with her and put her to sleep because she was, you know, still very attached and got Riley in bed. And then Ashton, like, sat down to watch, um, like, Teen Mom or some crap on TV. <laughs> um, hey, like, don't wrap me out here. And then, yeah. And then, and then I went and I cracked over my laptop and, yeah, I worked till two in the morning because I was like, I want to figure out what this thing is. And then I figured out what it was. And I Did came that back. lead to burnout? I think it's passion. Like you, it's, he is. is so passionate. I think in, to him, burnout is like when things aren't going well at work. Yes. That's when his burnout hits him because he's so passionate about yeah, coding. So, I don't know everything. So I, I, I get, I get engaged real easily. And then when I get engaged, I'm like 150%. Let's do this. But then the problem is when you're giving that much energy to it and then stuff goes off the rails, you start hitting walls, stuff like that. Yeah, you start you start kind of falling apart. So what happened at that job? Like I was so excited. I was learning. I thought everything was great. And then I found out I wasn't being paid comparative to others that I was massively outperforming. I had a manager um, who was from another culture and people that were you know, from another country. And we had a lot of people on my team who were from <clears throat> similar areas, that sort of thing, uh, where he was from, same, same culture, same race, things like that. And they, you know, <clears throat> he... Took he care would, of each other. They took care of each other. He had one-on-ones with them almost weekly, came by their desk, checked on them, stuff like that. I think I maybe had one-on-ones with them once my whole 10 months I was there. <laughs> Right. And, and it, and I just got to a point where it's like, I'm super passionate about this thing. I really want to go fight the fight. Like I'm 100% the guy who's like, you want to go take that hill? Let's do it. Like go, right. We'll fight whatever we can. I'll, I will, I will be in your corner and do it. And I was, because that's how I was taught. Right. Like that's, you know, again, my upbringing was just like engage and do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm pouring all this energy out, doing all this stuff. And then, you know, not getting paid, not valued by my manager, not having peers at work, um, you know, coming home and realizing, you know, we're still in an apartment. Like we're not hitting our financial goals. We're not doing these things. And so that's where the burnout started coming in. Because so did like, the burnout come because of real stress or did it come out, come out because of false expectations? I think both that you were putting on yourself. Like there's nothing well, wrong with I, living in an apartment and there's nothing wrong with, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. It was just like, I wanted better for my family. Sure. Like I wanted better for all these things. And I just was like, Oh, this sucks. And so but if I, you want better and you judge yourself, that's a false expectation sure. versus I want sure. better. And Hey, one day we're going to yeah. get it. But there was, but there's always been this thing about me too, which is like, and you'll see this happen. Like I'll get in these very low moments and then I'll, I'll get really angry and upset and, and sad and whatever. And then I kind of get to a point where I'm like, stop being the victim, go, go make it happen. And then that passion like reengages and goes back up. And so in this case, um, when that happens and your passion goes back up, do you think you're getting over the burnout or do you think you're just putting a bandaid on it? I'm just pushing through. I'm just pushing through until I get to like a higher thing. And this is why I think I'm, I'm so susceptible to burnout because I haven't actually developed really good re-energizing activities. Like I have some, like, don't get me wrong. I'm a lot better than what I used to be at that time, but at that time I wasn't. And so I, um, you know, too many stressors, too many things coming in. I just, like, you know, and, and so ended up leaving that job, went to, to the job I'm at now, been there for a while. Um, and I've had, burnout episodes multiple times in my current and and what's funny is that like so what so when you say burnout episodes 
to go to the three examples I laid out, is it burnout that you need to make a change, burnout that you need that it's just a season, like, okay, we're having to sell $2 billion worth of Germex to some state because of coronavirus, but we're going to get through this, no big deal, or burnout because you don't have anything that's going to recharge you and rest you at home. All three. So when I... Well, if it's the one where you think you need to make a big change, the other two aren't going to fix your burnout. Oh, they won't. And, and this is actually why like I haven't like left or made big decisions. Like One of the things I, I developed was like... <clears throat> Like, like one of the things I, I find, and I've listened to, to other leaders and stuff like that, you know, burnout's a very much a, a self-reflection activity, mm-hmm. like to combat it. You really need to know what your triggers are and what it looks like for you to know how to combat it. And so when I got to, when I got to a place where I wanted to quit my job, do something else, like I would fall through with looking at other, like I did this just recently, um, go interview with other companies and stuff like that, you know, and cause, cause I'm trying to like, in some ways I'm trying to find a new purpose, find a new mission, mm-hmm. find a, a new worth in some ways. Right. That's not exactly healthy per se. Um, then, you know, just trying to, to get reengaged and get reinvigorated. Right. Um, and I've seen myself do that. Um, <clears throat> but there's also other signs that I've seen too, is that like, you know, and Ashton, you can weigh in here too. It's just like, I come home and, I'm a zombie. Yeah. Like, but I think like when you were actively like taking interviews, other jobs, you were at that point using it as a band aid. Cause I tell you all the time, like if you had a job that was not fast paced, that you were not excited about, you would be burnt out in a totally different way. Like I think you manifest to burn out and like everything but if you have a fast-paced job, like I think you're the most even keel because everything else seems to go smoothly. Yeah. Like I, it's, it's because of, you know, we talk about, I think in previous episodes, like too much of a good thing. You need to like mm-hmm. put boundaries on it. Like I think that's what happens is that like when I was a software engineer, like <clears throat> diving deep into code, diving deep into problems, thinking about things like, like I remember when I joined a team and they started using machine learning, I was like, I was never trained in machine learning and AI. I'm going to go figure it out. I have textbooks on it. Right. And I just like, I would come home, I would read them, I would read them, I'd read them, I'd go to work. I'd, I'd write prototypes, I'd build things and, and just massively teach myself. And then got to a point where it was just like, you know, I just got, I got tired cause I threw myself in it so hard. Right. And then looming deadlines and, you know, managers, bad managers, good managers, anyone pushing on me to get something done. It's just like just too much things pressing down and I never took the time to just step back. So it then. sounds to me almost like not to call you out, but from your story that burnout for you is because to build off of another one is it's, it can almost be a boundary issue for yeah, you. It is. It is a boundary issue for me. Like knowing when to stop and say, that's yeah. enough. This yeah. is good enough. So, so what happens? I don't have to take that hill now. I've right. made it halfway up and that's good enough today. Right. And that's something I had to learn and, 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 and get better at. And it took me a couple of years to kind of figure that out. Now, mm-hmm. now my burnout looks different. Um, because I have boundaries in place, right. Um, around, uh, like I, I have, I, I've built planning methodologies. I look at my capacity. So what's your burnout from now? But it's, it's, it's multifaceted. Um, are you still a zombie when you come home? 
Yeah, I mean, what did I do yesterday when I got home? Play video games. No, I went to sleep on the couch. Oh, that's right, you did. Yeah. <laughs> I just came home and fell on the couch and fell asleep. Yeah. I, I would, I would, I don't want to speak for Lindsay, but I would argue, or I would, I would think she would, she would agree with that for me, because yeah. her biggest, not complaint, but I mean, she has said it multiple times, like. You either come home and you're on the phone, and I'll say she'll say, "What are you doing?" And I'll say, "I'm reading," and she'll like, "Yeah, you to you, you're reading, you're doing something, but to everyone else, you're zoned out." Yeah, right. And nine, nine times out of ten, I, I really am reading. Like I love yeah. to read, but I am just zombied out on the. Or lately, I've done that. Like I come home and I find myself just without even realizing it, yeah. just falling asleep on the couch and. Someone will call me and I'll wake up and I'll think it's the next day and like I've missed work or something. Yeah. Um, but to your question, like what what burns me out right now? Yeah, what burns you out? Everything, like that. Because so if it's everything, what well, change I, I can you make to it's it's very to, it's, to change? You can't change something to change everything. So so like well, I'll give you the rundown right now. So in my job, there's about twenty nine thirty people. That, that report up to me okay. through various methods, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, due to various leadership decisions above me and things like that, there's a downward frustration that a lot of my engineers and individual contributors feel, right? Um, as a leader, I would say that I tend to create an environment of a safe space. like. But you feel sandwiched like, between... Right. So that happens. Uh, like one of my, one of my engineers says that like, <laughs> they're like, you know, we just need to invest in a therapy couch <laughs> and, and, and Matt will sit in there and, and take care of you. Um, and, which and would be, burn you out. Which to be clear, like I love that. I, I don't want to change that about my leadership style. I, I want people to know that they have a leader who's always in their corner and, and willing to work with them on any facets of what they need to do. <clears throat> but to your point, it's, it's, it's like being a pastor or, or you know, a therapist or anything. You, you have to, you have to recharge from that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the, there's just the stress of the job, you know, Hey, this project's off the rails. Hey, this person has an opinion and they're just being a, you know, an annoying jerk. Um, you know, everybody thinks they know the right thing and you've got to wade through, you know, 15 minutes of people talking just to figure out the problem, right? You know, you get, you get the typical human nature stuff happening. Um, and then you got people who are upset who are like, you know what, you know, I can get paid X more money if I go to Facebook versus stay with you. I'm like, okay, well, you know, like, you know, this, this is our culture. This is what we're doing. This is what you negotiated when you coming in. Like, here's the facts on the ground. We're not saying we don't, we're not saying we don't value you, you know, but you know, so just working through that. And, and as a manager, you deal more with the personal people problems. Like next week I get to go deal with some stupid stuff. Um, and so what happens is you end up with like, you, you end up with these like multi dimensions of just stuff like broken all the time, seeing it all the time, that sort of thing. And so you get burned out from this, those things, right? Because there's no place where there's not positivity. Yeah. Cause there's, can I, can I add to that? Cause there's Please. no, there's no re- recharging. Go for it. Um, I don't know how much I can say about what you do at Amazon, but we've already discussed this. It was basket weaving. It, yes. So this <laughs> one, um, very elaborate basket kind of during pandemic was very, very stressful. Um, it was a lot fell on Matt to do a lot in a short amount of time to kind of help alleviate pandemic concerns. And 
it was at the very, very end, you know, Matt got this up and running very, very quickly, him and his team. So yeah, you, you kind of like rode this high of this, this project being like a complete hit and a lot of people talking about it. I mean, I think this kind of like even like went up to like Jeff Bezos because it was like this massive thing and you wrote it for a long time. I don't know that it went that high, but yeah. But it was like the guy <laughs> under, like I remember there, there you telling was, me. There, like, was, there was high visibility. Yeah, it was, it like was my, a massive thing. My name thing. wasn't that high, but yeah, there was, I mean, there were, people knew that we did a thing. Um, but then, yeah, it's, <laughs> things kind of changed and, and COVID became not as prevalent. And so this project kind of just got like, okay, that was great, but on to the next. And then the next greatest thing wasn't kind of, contributed to Matt. And so I think it was like, that's when the burnout set in. It was, he rode this high and then he's like waiting for the next best thing and it might not have come yet. And so he's kind of like in this low. Well, it was, I mean, that's where you get into a little bit of expectations and having to manage it. But, but there was, I think the thing that that was unfortunate about that situation, it was, there, there was a lot of hype. There was a lot of like, man, you did, you did. And, and we can't say that it was just me because like my team, worked around the clock weekends nights to to go and and do the stuff that we did to make covid work right so was the burnout from what y'all had to do to accomplish that and sort of like coming off of that like oh man that's the seasonality one like i I see this as seasonality but i don't think he was like ever burnt out like i mean there he would come home like he would go to work well he was working from home but like get up at 6 a.m. And like there were nights that he worked until 6 a.m. the next day because this was such a high priority thing. And I'm like, aren't you tired? He's like, yeah, but we've just got to do it. And like he was so passionate about getting this COVID thing off the ground because it was going to save lives. But then like, I don't think you ever, you were ever burnt out during that time. No, I mean, I got physically tired. But not like burnt out. There was one part where I went 26 hours straight working and then i and i said okay i've got to stop because i am now at this point and so like i'm gonna go lay down and then i you know took it and but part of part of it was just like be there for my team be there for the situation so burnout didn't really come from that i think where the burnout started setting was that like i never took the time after that was done to really stop and just recharge i said okay now the next mission is get us back on track because this thing randomized the crap out of us so like Get my uh, and what was interesting is I took <clears throat> effort and I went in and I figured out how to change project schedules and do things. So all of my engineers had time off to re, to re, to to recharge, right? And we had um, we had planned something for our anniversary or something in the summer. And so I was like, I'm just gonna wait till then and I'll recharge then. So I didn't even think about like redoing anything really. I don't think. I think I took a day or something off maybe, but like I didn't really like make a big, big deal of it. It's just like really just catch up. No, on you, sleep. you, you optimize, like you, you wanted your people to take the time right, off and right. then you kind of took and pick up their slack. But to, to her point, the, the thing that demotivated me and this was a communication issue to be clear when this was told to me, cause it was resolved later. But like when it got to about performance review that season, you know, and I was kind of looking at it, like, you know, hey, you know, was that something that I did right? Did I do all the right things? Did I decide as a leader to do the right things? Like looking for feedback from above, you know. Um, I believe the quote was, I got lucky because I, I had a project that landed on my plate that I could, you know, you know, achieve something. And I was just like, wow, 
like that really devalued me as a person, right? Like, you know, I agree. If from a business sense, yeah, 100%. That project, landing where it was, being as effective as having the right people who could execute and get it done, like, yeah, there's a matter of luck to that, right? So the burnout for you isn't what you do. No, it's it's the reward afterwards. Or not the reward, but the the, the acknowledgement, I guess. The the burnout for you is, is emotional because of the people you work with. Yep. Yep. And so the, and so that's what ends up like burning me down. So that, so when that happened, you know, we had a conversation about like, should I stay or not, you know, Mm -hmm. because it feels like I'm just devalued. Right. And I want to be a place where I can give 110% and everybody else is giving 110% and we're, we're working together and we're, we're knocking it out and we're doing the right things. Um, not a place that's like, you know, ignoring your contributions and things like that. And so, um, so I took a break and I just thought about it, got, got re-engaged and, and I stayed, I didn't quit, I didn't do anything. Um, <clears throat> I partnered with my leadership. I, you know, I got mad about some things, but I just kept moving. Um, and then, yeah, pushed, pushed again. And then, um, and then I got to like the end of the following year and then it was like, yeah, you did a great job. And, and, and I started talking about my career because like, Hey, I want to move forward because I, I want to keep having that big impact. Mm-hmm. I want to keep doing these things. And then, you know, more and more projects don't seem to be coming to my plate. Right. People don't seem to be investing in me. I just, I, I have to wait. So to your burnout lucky. is that you're putting in the same effort, but you're not I'm getting putting in more effort with, for less return. Yeah. If you're right. And so, so, so let me ask you this to, because it's the point of our podcast. Are you hopeless then? Uh, in those moments, yes. And in, so and where do you find hope in those moments? So I'll, I'll talk about what happened recently, right? So recently, um, you know, there's been some leadership position changes. I, I have been blessed and fortunate to, you know, to grow and, and be able to lead more people and, and have an impact. It's something I've always wanted to do. Um, and I started doing it, but then in some ways I just haven't felt the support that I've needed from a, from a, 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 I'm, you know, people talk about this a lot of time. Leadership is lonely, right? Mm. You don't, you don't always have the support systems you need and stuff. And, and so for me, like that it's, you know, the support system that I had went away. Right. Um, I find that funny because, um, what, what I'm hearing is that you feel lonely. Oh yeah. 100%. And what, what's, what's odd is, for addicts, that's where they get. That's their burnout. And yeah. it's not that they ever had a big crowd around don't, them. Don't smile. Or <laughs> <Over> <laughs> there. <laughs> Sorry, did I hit a hot button? No, she, I, oh. she's just looking for any pattern. No, I, I really do. He has an addictive personality, to, but not to I do too. substance. Right, me, same here. Like I have told Matt many, many years, you can't sit still. All right. If he takes a staycation, he is working on work. Right. Not because not like true. he like needs to, but he ha- can't be sitting still. He cannot sit on the couch yeah. and watch TV. He yeah. cannot. He cannot just be. I can't waste time. Quiet. Like quiet is not. I want to do something with that time. Yeah. That's not wasting time though. If you're recharging. Right. That's the thing I've had to learn, and I'm still learning. Right. I've I'm the same way. If I start a project, I have to finish it, even if it means that, like on a Saturday I'm working till midnight well, on a Saturday in the dark. Well, if I, it's a yard thing. I, but I, I, my I point was is out. that is yeah. that addicts 
they're not surrounded by anybody. They don't get attaboys for anything. You know, they, they didn't hit the high points that you hit, but they get to that point where they're so low, their, their addiction has isolated them. Right. And they get <laughs> burnt out. Yeah. Well, you just, you know, and, and, and they're just caught in a cycle. Well, if you look at it from like there's dopamine and serotonin and, and, and all that, you know, oxytocin, those types of things that you get from events or community or like hugging, you know, and stuff like that. And, and when you're in an environment where you spend, you know, 75% of your day is you sitting there processing everyone else's information, mm-hmm. handling and taking care of everyone else, right? Who is taking care of you when you have zero interactions every single day with someone who is interested in you and looking out for you and taking care of you, you feel super lonely. And this is why actually, you know, if you look at the latest like managerial sciences and, and, you know, leadership tips and all those types of things, it's like, you know, emotional intelligence, empathy, right? Like most people, like there's a saying that say that people don't quit jobs, they quit leaders, right? And that's what happens. There's a point where people feel like I'm not connected, right? And so I've risen to a position where um, I no longer feel connected, right? I don't have, you know, a strong bond upward, right? I have competitiveness in my peers that are supposed to be on my team, on my mission. Mm -hmm. And then I've got, you know, a lot of employees who are frustrated for a variety of reasons, right? Whether it's my fault, whether it's the company's fault, whether it's their leaders above me's fault or whatever, like you, you, and you always have those to be clear. That's not like saying I'm a bad leader or a good leader. It's just saying that stuff already exists. And so when you have an environment where all of those things happen at the same time, yeah, you're cut off, you're alone, you don't recharge. And so that's where the burnout comes in and the lack of motivation comes in. So actually you know, as much of these stories where it's like Matt's kind of given, given 110, 150%, I have not been giving that. I've been given a cool 70%, right? Because it's, because it's like, what's the point, right? right. Like you're not, you're, that's what burnout leads to. Right. And so, and this is, and then that's where I kind of saw the signals of like, well, what does burnout look like in me? It's like, well, Matt, you've not taken time to really go and figure out hobbies and things you want to mm-hmm. do. Like you talked about doing a podcast for like a year and you didn't take the time to do it. You've been talking about working out, but you're not doing it. You've been thinking about racing cars, but you're not so doing it. So has that brought hope? It's, doing this podcast, working out, racing cars? Those those things have helped me make myself a priority, make myself important, and then help with recharging and doing the things that mm-hmm. I've done. But it does. there is an anxiety that I have, and this is why I can't sit still and can't do certain things. Um, because there is a, there is a part of me that's like, I like to work towards something like, you know, that's, that's what I like to go do. And so, yeah, like, you know, like I got a buddy at work. He's like, yeah, like, why don't you learn golf and come do golf? And I'm like, like, well, how do I become really good at golf? Right. Like not just go do it and have fun. Right. You Uh, can't go and have fun at golf. I I, know. Right. But it's like the same thing. You can go drive the cart though. Yeah. And drink a drink and have fun. I do that with my work. I, I'm I'm terrible, but boy, I'll drive that golf cart all over the golf. Right, right. But but that but that's the thing, right? Like I just uh, I, I just I've always just been this like focused, mission driven sure. person. And so so when I get into environments like this, and and this is what happened recently, I stepped out and I said, hey, what else is out there for me that I can get on, right? 
And, and, you know, I found external jobs. I found alternative jobs. I could do things. And I ended up turning them down. And the reason I turned them down, though, is you coming back to your other point, you're like, how do you get re-energized? It's like, well, one of the things was, like, I have a bit of loyalty to my people. And there's there's some things that I want to see them accomplish. And it's not that they can't accomplish those things without me. Because they can. Right. They, they can do those without me. I'm not their savior. It doesn't matter. But... I can 100% be an accelerant to those things. Like I can use my skills to help them get to where they need to be, right? And and that's kind of where the idea of servant leadership, I think, comes in. Is like, you know, it's it's hard to turn your back on people, and there's never going to be a right time for you to leave, right? Well, and I think but, in in staying focused on burnout, if you're burnt out, and and it's the burnout of the, it's time to make a big change, yeah. which m- might mean changing. You don't want to make that change just to go somewhere else to get burnt out. Right. Like you, it needs to be a change to where you're getting away from that, right? right. Or you're living a life of priority, mm-hmm. of hope, of purpose. Right. If you're if you're making the change, it'll any change will feel good for a little bit, but right. you'll but you'll find yourself right back in this arena. Right. And it's like I'm I'm uh, it's like a carousel, right? right. You're, and I know you're that about around myself, the same right? like I know that like I will I will find any situation to go a hundred thousand miles an hour into a wall, right? Cause that's just, that's just who I am. And then I'll say, we're going to take that wall down and I'll get through a couple layers and eventually be like, well, this is boring, you know, or I don't want to do this anymore. And so, so for me, like looking at the situation objectively, it was like, there's still a lot for you to learn. You're not a perfect person. Like you, there's, 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 do good... you agree with that? That he's not a perfect person? Correct. Okay. No, but, but there's a, <laughs> but there's just, there's more I can learn there. There's, there's more that I can do. But there's the other question, is this the right place for you? And I would tell you, no, this is the wrong place for me, right? But I also don't know what the right place is. So it's a little bit of like, just, you know, hey, right. like, don't don't harbor anger. Don't like flip the tables. Stay there. Do what you can. Do the right thing by the business. Do the right thing by your leaders and, and make, make people successful. And not being at the right place now doesn't mean you're not heading to the right place. Exactly. And so the, and so but you don't want to not be at the right place now just yeah. to go to another not right place. Right. And that's where you have to, that's where at this moment you have to just take faith on it. Right. And like, so, you know, I came back and I, you know, I said like, look, there's a few actions I'm going to take, mm-hmm. right. You know, to take care of my people, to do the right things, to push people forward, mm-hmm. um, to do right by the business, you know, and some of these, I, I mean, be quite honest, like, you know, they're not going to be fun. And honestly, depending on how they come out, it may look like I'm not loyal. It may look like that. My leadership can't trust mm-hmm. me, you know, that, that I'm doing things yeah. the wrong way. And, and it's, I'm not trying to start fights. I'm not trying to do anything, but it is a bit of this, like, look, some of the toxicity that exists in my work environment that's causing some of this burnout, that's causing some of my employees to come and complain to me, which is then causing the, like, let's go root cause and solve those problems. Right. Mm. Um, so like, see, for, I think that's where like you had a bad experience with this. I think a lot of families did personally. My, my wife hated it. I wasn't a huge fan of it, but that's where like itinerancy in the Methodist church is good for the pastor mm-hmm. because you can be at one church and then after a while you start feeling burnt out. It, yeah. it ministerially, it can re-energize you to get with a new congregation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not I, necessarily good familiarly. <laughs> it is not good for the family. I would say from my perspective, but I would also say that like, you know, I think one of the things, if you want to take it to the church topic, and now knowing what I know, because in the software industry, 
you hear a lot of people talk about burnout. You have mm-hmm. a lot of clinics, you have a lot of those things. And that's, that's where burnout actually first got introduced to me because mm-hmm. I remember being at one company and I was like, I was like, dude, that's me. Mm. <laughs> I was like, bing. And I was up. like, well, that sucks. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm broken. Great. It's <laughs> official. Um, that's how I felt after my abnormal psychology class. Yeah, I walked yeah. out of there going, oh, dude, I, I think it. I have some of these uh, diseases. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. probably do. Yeah. It's, sort of, so, it's sort of like uh, what, what's it, if you have COVID, what's some of the symptoms? You yeah. sneeze. Great. Yeah. I have allergies. <laughs> so anytime you sneeze, it's like, what? I, sorry, but, but, but anyways, what I'm saying is like in the software space, like people actively try to manage it now. They try to pay attention to it. Some companies are really good. I would say that mine has not figured that out yet. That's my opinion. That's not what else's. Um, I think it is responsibility of leaders to help that out. But the, um, but then you know, overlaying it with the church, right? Um, yeah, I never saw the church lean in and try to help my dad not burn himself out. Right. Right. I never saw them be like, you know what, you know, pastor, you're you're in a mm-hmm. bad spot. You know, there was like his person of accountability was whoever um, what's what's the district superintendent, right? Mm -hmm. Who he met with maybe once a month and he had to drive 60 miles to go see him because, you know, that dude's not going to leave his Mm -hmm. bigger church. Sorry, that's snarky. But like, I did. Well, the other, the other side of that for his, for his journey is, I mean, there are a lot of families in that system that are successful, but it's because they have a strong family unit at home. Yeah. Well, and we didn't have that, right? Right. Y'all didn't have that. I mean, you've talked about that. And so that, so there was no support there, and then there's yeah. no feels like there's no support on the other end. Right, and that, and that's actually an interesting point because that's something that's a flaw in my behavior is where I think most people who did have a good family support system or did have like you know relatively good support systems throughout their experience, mm-hmm. where I have kind of gone through an experience of you know be the lone wolf, jump on the landmine, you're not going to die, just keep moving. I do, I think, sometimes don't have that that flight mechanism that comes whenever, you know, you're walking into a situation where a support system doesn't exist. You know what I mean? Like, there's, like, I've gotten this question before. Like, I had an engineer come to me the other day, and they were just like, they're super stressed out. You know, they just got married. They're dealing with immigration things. They're, they have all these things going on in their life, and they're just like, you know, kind of like, Oh my God, what's happening? You know, and like, it's my first time kind of being away from, you know, family and starting mm-hmm. new life. Like, what do I do? It's all crazy. And then they're like, you don't ever seem to freak out. About push this. through. Yeah, really. I was like, <laughs> just push through. Right. And, and that's I mean, the, dude, sometimes that's what you got to do. In no, life. no, it's, it's like, fine. But like the, the point I'm trying to make is like, I cognitively don't get the warning sign sometimes about those things, which is like, Hey, maybe you should not insert yourself in that situation. I'll just be like, yeah, let's go. And then that in turn takes energy and takes time away from me. And it's like retrospectively, I'm like, that's what burned you out. I was like, yeah, you just top that tank out. So, so where do you find hope? In burnout, where do we find hope? Why are you laughing? I'm, I'm very curious. That's what your answer is. I don't know. It's not in one thing. That's okay. It doesn't have to be in one thing. So, I just said, I mean, we. this is sort of a generalized podcast, right? Everybody experiences burnout. It's not always at work. Sometimes it's with the family. Sometimes it's with relationships up, down, side. You know, you look at relationships like a brick wall. You've got two yeah. bricks above you, two beside you, and two below you, yeah. right? So, I mean, it, burnout can happen in anything. Work is just seems to be the most prevalent, especially in our yeah. culture. Well, so me, where could we tell someone 
you know, your experience, dude, you're in one of the fastest paced industries in our nation. Yeah. It runs everything. And I don't just mean the company you work for. I mean, holistically across our nation, it runs everything. I mean, what was the biggest news this past week that Elon Musk bought Twitter? That didn't change my life one bit. Why is that big news? Yeah. But it was the biggest, right? Yeah. So it's, 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 so, so where could you tell people that, are in this fast paced life to find hope if they're experiencing burnout. So the way I, I talk to about my engineers and stuff like that is, you know, for me, it's all Ashton kind of hit the nail on the head. It's always been, are you passionate about what you're doing? Like, is there something about your, what you're doing every day? that you you're excited about right and that centers you back to well it it gives me enough to keep getting up and keep going right right? and 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 it's whenever i can't find that silver lining or when i can't find that thing in my day-to-day that i know it's time to change like that's whenever i decide yeah it's time to move on right so like when i was working in the logistics side right Mm -hmm. and i had a manager who refused to do project planning uh would give us a different project every day would move us around and do tons of stupid stuff you know there was always this pressure of go 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 and, and never being able to finish you know ask for us to build things that would take you know weeks to do and ask us to do it in a day and you know that sort of thing and i i just remember in that situation like i hated it um there's a dent in that laptop because I slammed it closed one night because I was just so mad like, at all the stuff that I was, was dealing with. Um, and, but why did I keep up and keep going? Why did I quit? And I was just like, there was a couple of things I looked at. So one is for me personally, I am a big believer that struggle refines you and makes you better. I don't think you should struggle for the sake of struggle, but I think that life is, is a, is a journey about learning. I like learning. And so I see my life is, I now view my life as just one long lesson. And so when I'm So what you would say is if someone's experiencing burnout, one of the things that can help you find hope is what are you learning in this? Right. And so that's the big one that I I typically always have going on, which is why I don't have that flight mechanism as much as I used to, because I look Mm -hmm. at the situation. I'm like, what am I getting from this? What is this changing this from me? Right. So that's one thing. The other thing was because I was still coding, there was a creative aspect to it. So even though like I had this really horrible manager which they promoted and you shouldn't have, but, um, do you want to say that manager? No, I do not. Um, but you know, just because it didn't create a very good, good conducive environment, but the, um, that, that I, uh, I was able to think about, I had, there was a creative aspect to it. So I was like, you know, I still get to go and solve cool problems. I still get to figure out those types of things. Right. So, so that there was still highlights in what I was doing. Not everything was miserable, right? So the double-edged sword, I think that's a good answer. If you're burnt out and you're hopeless, where yeah. can you find hope? Sort of ties back into yeah. purpose as what are you learning well, and where are your gifts being used? Even if you're burned out, step back and see where you're able to use your right. talents so and like, let that give you a sense of hope. So what I, well, like, so for example, one of the things I did is like I would get tired of working on like there was a programming language. Um, we, we primarily use a programming language called Java, but there was another one called Scala. And, and, and we were working on these two languages because we were writing what we call a bunch of big, big data workloads, right? And things like that. And I, um, you know, I was doing, you know, 
anomaly detection and, and things Wait, like that. Wait, so are you the reason that I'm constantly having to update my Java on my computer? Because that gets no, annoying. I have nothing to do with that. Um, <laughs> no. That's, that's. I mean, it's like every other day. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I'm hopeless in that. Yeah, but but no. So, <laughs> But what I did is I came home and I would I wanted to program. I still wanted to be coding. I still wanted to be doing stuff. So what I did instead was I I would use a different programming language. I would use something different than what my day-to-day at work was. So I was still doing something that I enjoyed doing, but I was working in a different domain. So at work, while I was writing you know, algorithms and statistics and things like that, mm-hmm. I'd come home and I'd write in Go or Python or some other programming language. And then I would work on different projects there. Yeah. I'd build little apps. I'd make little video games. I'd do like pixel drawings and stuff like that because I still wanted to code. I still wanted to create, but I was doing something in a different scenario. But you were still using your gifts. Oh, uh, yeah, well, yeah, right. And then... And then now, like the, the, you know, I think this is where I'm transitioning a bit in my life is because I don't do the coding anymore. I don't do that sort of stuff. I don't do the problem solving. Um, you know, I want to run businesses. I want to grow people. I want to be mm-hmm. a great leader. Um, you know, when I come home and I see myself, like one of the habits I put in my book here that I want to do through May is instead of coming home and thinking about problems that work over and over again that continue to stress me or take my energy away potentially. And it's not that I'm having anxiety about them, just things that occupy my mind, occupy my mind with other business development ideas, occupy my mind with other books. And this is why I started reading books more. I stopped for a period of time. I read a lot whenever we first got married and didn't do it as much and that sort of thing. Um, Does that give you hope? It, it does relax me, right? Like, you know, so it recharges you. Yeah, it does, right? If I can get really engaged to it, right? And um, so the third leg on the stool for you is, which I think it could be generalized for anyone. If you're feeling burnt out, work, family, whatever. Yeah. Changing, what, are, what are you learning from this? Changing your environment doesn't quitting what you do. Right. But what yeah. are you learning from this? How are you able to use your gifts even if you're burnt out? And what can you do? To recharge yourself. Right. And, and I think the recharge yourself is the part that, like, I, I particularly struggle with for two reasons. One is I'm a hyper-productive, focused person, mm-hmm. like, very much like this whole belief of, like, time is currency, <clears throat> right? Mm-hmm. And so how can I maximize my time? How can I get the most out of it every single day? Mm-hmm. And then that gets you down this path of, like, potentially overscheduling and being too strict and not being you know, being too type A and not enough type B, so to speak, in your personality and, and creating that sort of thing. So there, there's kind of that. Now, I feel the same way in ministry for, for me as what you did is I felt burnt out as a pastor, but what I've really come to enjoy doing is going around and yeah. preaching. Yeah. But see, like, for I'll give you another example. Like right now, like tons of people, like I've gotten like – there's some toxic shenanigans going on and just a lot of people offended and upset and you know who's not offended today yeah i know but this is different that the um and i mean it's it's a little bit of a nuclear situation honestly but um i mean again like (laughs) just kind of live for that i guess um but like yesterday i was like like yeah i came home I laid on the couch, like uh, I went to sleep. I woke back up, ate dinner, laid back down in bed, went to sleep, woke back up. Like just, just you could just tell I was drained, right? Um, I'm pretty sure you thought I was dying. Um, no, I, I, I know your cycles. Yeah. 
my cycles. Um, I know day. that you will be in this for a while yeah. and then you will get out of it. So are you in this cycle because you're burnt out? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm going through it right now. So where's your hope now? Um, is it in, are you learning something? Are you able to see where you're using your gifts and are you, what was the third one that you said? Are you able to recharge at all? So recharging, not quite. Um, you know, so what did, what did we do? Like we, we, me and Ashton spent time this past weekend, you know, I told her, I said, you know, this, this isn't healthy for me anymore. It's, it's, it's it, it is a point where like, we know my behaviors are always going to put me in these positions and I have to guard against it. Like it's, it's like being an addict and disting yourself from stuff. Like it's just what you're going to have to do. However, um, like <clears throat> we kind of stopped and said, you know, let's, let's make a plan about what we want to do. And so, yeah, I, I went back to like my habits of how I plan and productivity and then, you know, did kind of an accountability check of like, are you inserting the right, refresher moments into your plan that you have. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's easy for me to like sneak those out and not do that. And so did that. And that was that, that relieved pressure instantly because it's like after a couple of days of realizing, yeah, you're stopping at five 30 or yeah, you took some time to do this or now you're thinking about that. Um, that's good. Um, now where's my hope at right now? Well, it's not in having a future career anymore at this place. Um, like, is it in having a future career or is your hope in something different? Um, I still think I can have one, hopefully. I, I hope someone at some point. I mean, I should ask it this way. Is your hope in a career or is it in something different? Uh, I think right now, like, it's not in my situation. But I'm. my hope right now is that if I can kind of push this a little bit farther if I can do a little bit more if I can you know fight the good fight a little bit longer that I will help a few individuals that I work with like get to where they need to be right um, and I think once that's accomplished then it comes time to refocus my purpose right like th this is a temporary like focus that I need to have right now. But that's what gives you hope in the midst of this right, burnout. Right, exactly. And, and that's why like, okay, cool. So <laughs> practice a little better self-care and the burnout's not that bad because once you, once you practice better self-care, once you start getting into a vibe and, and start doing better, it's much easier to deal with these things. Um, and then I focus on what's the thing I need to accomplish. And that's one thing I do frequently. Like what's the one thing, like there's a productivity book I read one time. It's called The One Thing. Um, I ask myself this question a lot. What's the one thing you must do today? So if you're burned out and you're like, I want to get to a not burned out state, what is the one thing you have to do today to not be burned out? And, and so that's kind of where I start asking myself that question. And, you know, what's the one thing I need to accomplish at work? Okay. If I can't accomplish anything else, that one thing's going to get mm. done. What's the one thing you need to do for yourself today? That's the thing. What's the one thing you need to do with your family today? Right? Like I, I try to come up with those one things and like. Does come up with those coming up with those one things give you hope? Yeah. I mean, it, well, that's because, what creates hope in the middle of for burnout. me because it's progress. Like I, I, I care about. That's okay. Like the hope is, is that the pay, like if the one thing is solving a paper cut, that's hurting me, then I know that I've made progress <clears> towards <throat> like getting out of that problem. Right. Um, and so, so right now, um, I am fairly hopeless, um, but I would say that I'm not dead from it because, you know, 
You have those sparks of hope. I have. Well, I have some missions I need. I, I I believe in, and and they give me a reason to just kind of walk forward. And then from a spiritual perspective, it's it's just really, like, you know, this past week it was pretty, it was pretty rough. Uh, I read Lamentations <laughs> because you I read was, what Lamentations because I was just like. I'm just like, this fits. <laughs> you know, just hey, why don't you go to the book of Job next? Yeah, basically. Good I was, Lord. I was just like, you know what? I feel alone. Let me read about all the people who just actually got Lamentations is for this reason. Yeah. That's exactly I mean, I'm yeah. I'm making a joke, but that's yeah. why that's why I mean it's from the Lord. Yeah. But showing us it's okay to be burnt mm-hmm. out in those seasons of doubt, fear, yeah. crying. Well, and that's the thing too. Struggle, like, but but the hope theolo- theologically is just because you're not on the mountaintop doesn't mean God's not with you in the valley. Exactly, and that's I, the point. And there was there was a there's a scripture in there that said something about um, God will not forsake a man in this plight or something. Like basically, that like, He's not going to leave you here forever, right? Right. And and that's where like you got to lean on faith a little bit here. And if you don't have faith, you know, well, you know, whatever gives you faith or gives you that sort of like better oomph right but for me it's like yeah i could totally go out start looking for jobs like push 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 you know find a better offer move forward like there's not a company um, you know like like you'll find something right Mm -hmm. but like i just like for me it's it's just like no like right now you need to you need to do your job as a leader and that is like get in the fight and fight for your people right don't don't you leave and then let the crap that's hurting you hurt them, right? Like, go in there and fight the fight. Get, get it to a terminal state. Like, that's the other thing. I don't like leaving situations in a gray state. Like, I, I want it to be black and white. Like, you love me or you don't, <laughs> right? Like, we're, So that's also part of your hope. I mean, right. that ties back into purpose right. and all that. Right, and so I, I look, for, I look for, for terminal states. And sometimes you just have to walk away. You right. Like, you're not going to get the closure. Leave it. So what about you? Where, when you were burnt out as a mom or as a teacher, where, where do you find hope in those moments of the daily burn? You said yours were sort of more daily that you got over. Yeah. But. I don't know. Like, I've always kind of had this support system that, like, I think helps me get out of it. Like, I don't know. Matthew's, like, great at helping me, like, kind of get out of that. And I always, like, feel like, and this is not the right best way to do it, but I'm like, he has it so much more stressful than I do. Like, why should I be burnt out from this? And I think that just kind of gets me over it. Cause I'm just like, there's people who like deal with so much more than me. Like I should not I come home and she's like, well, at least I'm not that bad. Okay. We're good. <laughs> no, but like, <laughs> look at that. Sorry. Excuse <laughs> me. Lord. I don't know. I just, yeah. Yeah. I'm very positive in general. Yeah. And so I think like my positivity in life, get gives me that hope to be like this is just temporary yeah. like yeah we we start from different positions on, on very topics, right like very like different ashton's very positive very like i see the like that was actually one of the things that she helped me improve in, in our marriage like you know as, as becoming one was you know mm-hmm. she was always like oh i'm sure that person doesn't have bad intentions i'm sure it's fine I'm like that person's out there to kill you <laughs> like she's like yeah, it's I'm, not that I'm very bad. cynical it's I not that be, bad yeah. and, and I'm still that way, but, um, but what what's created that in us, Matt, is wounds. Yeah, the one hundred percent, and and I, but I've learned how to tune it in and tune it out now, and mm-hmm. like, and Ashton's giving me that that power because of, of her positivity. But to the flip side, like like to that same point, like 
because I, I've gone through some stuff like we, we bought a car last year. Right. And, you know, we put a, a hefty down payment down for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and you know, there was an agreement to not <laughs> cash it for a, day, a few days cause we had to like move the funds from some investments or whatever. And, uh, yeah, of course they did not follow instructions and they like liquidated our bank account <coughs> and, oh, wow. and Ashton comes upstairs like crying and like just basically like lost. Like I have no idea what to do. And, and I start laughing <laughs> because and I was like, why are you laughing? Like, this is like real life. Like we're about to be under a bridge. Yeah. Like I had never seen so many negative numbers in my life yeah. on a bank account. And I was yeah. like, Oh my God, yeah. like we, we're dead. and I was like our mortgage <laughs> and this, and he's like, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. But, and again, it's because like I've, as a person, I've just kind of developed, I call it wartime mentality, but it's just like, you know, Hey, stuff's going to hit the fan. Just kind of keep going through. Right. Yeah, like, that can be good. Like assess and triage and move forward. But the point is, is that like you, you, like again, the fault that I have though is that like if you're always that way, you never stop to recharge because you're always just willing to walk into it and just be like, oh yeah, this sucks. It causes stress. It like I, there's no credit points from being tough and going through that, right? It still breaks me down, right? But in that situation, I compartmentalize and keep going. And sometimes you have to uncompartmentalize and re- re- react from it, right? But I think that's where you know Ashton says like there's kind of that hope because it's like. Matt helps with the security blanket, right? But there's sometimes there's like, yeah, I don't want to be the security blanket anymore. Well, or sure, where she's the hopeful one because right. she gives you the positivity outlook. Right. That you but I don't want to hear it. Like, I get tired of positive stuff. Like, yeah, that, that annoys her. Like, he she, does she, not want to hear my positivity at all, ever. Uh, He's like, stop. I can, I can relate yeah. to that. I would. I'm. I'm very much a let me mope. Let me mope. Let you mope. Yeah. Let me. E or I'm gonna over be. Here. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm gonna be sad. I'm gonna be mad right now. Leave me alone. I'm gonna go do this. Right. Um, I go, uh, like, I think one of the things is also that's rejuvenating for me is, like, I, it's also frustrating, but, like, I'll, I'll just go in and shut myself, I'll get on my racing simulator, and I'll just put everything on and just, like, zone out, just do some practice laps for a while, you know, um, and, and just not engaging with anything, going blank in my mind mm. helps uh, a lot, uh, that sort of thing. So uh, as we've said before, we're trying to build, you know, sort of off this as we bring want to bring in people to interview that have been through stuff, and y- y'all were the first as far as burnout's concerned. But I think it, I think it's I think we've hit some good high points, and it actually feels good to be the interviewer, not the interviewee. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just waiting for a hard question. So not going to happen for me. What I, I threw yeah. I threw my hardest at you. Apparently, I'm not a good interviewer. But yeah. um, is when you feel burnt out, one of the first things you need to set up are boundaries. Yep. So it helps you prioritize. I might need you to sleep in a different room tonight. Mm. <laughs> just kidding. There's yeah. multiple rooms in this house. You are welcome to sleep in any of them. There you go. Yep. See, we're in agreement. Yep. No burnout. Good boundaries. <laughs> F- find your find your gifts and where you're being used. Even if you feel burnt out, that can give you a sense of hope. Right. That's what y'all mentioned. Find where you can. Find where you can see where you're learning something. Mm-hmm. If you feel burnt out, at least at least you can look at that and give you hope. And then where you can. Well, I think there's just there's always reason and struggle. Like that's the beauty of like the idea that you define your purpose or that 
you know, there was something somebody told me one time is that like, you, you know, you should be open to feedback, but never forget you have the freedom to choose to accept it um, or reject it. And so mm-hmm. when you're facing a situation in your life that's making you burned out, like you have a decision about what it teaches you. And, and part of your boundaries as far as what it teaches you, I think, as much as you and I don't want to hear it, is when you're experiencing burnout, get around someone that can see some positive things that are happening. Yeah. Because I'll naturally not see them because I'll, I just want to focus on the Like I want to be... Vision. There's a part of me that's yeah. Ma- yeah, you get myopic in your view where you see things small and stuff. So, yeah. But, and then I think to get out of burnout, you know, we, we hit the three. You Sometimes you have to make a hard decision that's going to be life changing. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you just have to step back and say, this is just for a season. Or, like you talked about, you doing, I need to set up boundaries and add some things to my life that help me recharge. Yeah. Well, I need, to, I need to reinforce those boundaries. And that'll, yeah. and that'll help you bring hope. It might not change your situation. It might not even change the fact that you're not burned out, but at least it'll help give you hope in that, in that moment of burnout mm-hmm. where you're like, this is not fun. I feel very stressed. I'm tired. I'm physically tired. I mean, you know this, and I know this, and you know this, and I'm sure anybody listening knows this. Mental stress and tiredness can be much worse than physical tiredness. They, uh, I mean, it'll just wear you yeah. out because sometimes when you go to bed, you're still, your brain still doesn't shut off, and you yeah. wake up the next day and you're like, man, I don't feel rested at all, and I got 10 hours of sleep or something. Yeah. You know? I mean, they did a study, and they, they showed that between construction workers and what they call thought workers, so mm-hmm. people like in my profession or you know science professions or stuff like that, they... They they found situations where the body actually has has suffered more fatigue um, from just hyperactive brain activity versus mm-hmm. just going out and swinging a hammer. They did the same study similar to that on pastors and said that in a one hour church service, a pastor's body goes through the same experiences as someone who works a full day, but they're experiencing it in that one hour. Mm-hmm. That's why every pastor after church has to go home and take a nap. I just figured my dad was lazy. <laughs> well, he's not. No. He was fatigued. Well, to be clear, he was going to his second job, which was uh, sawing logs. <laughs> oh, my gosh. A lot of us have had to do that. <laughs> he's, uh... But I do want to throw this in since I'm the theologian, the resident theologian. Not a good one, as we've found out. But, you know, Paul in Second uh, Corinthians 4, I think this hits good to burn out. Uh, it's, he, he's talking about, obviously, the early churches. We're struggling a lot more than us in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were experiencing burnout, literally, like getting lit on fire. Um, and yet, he said, do not lose heart, because even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. And I think that that's where burnout hits us the hardest, is in inwardly. Mm-hmm. And we have to have that renewal for this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal glory. And I think that if we can view things in an eternal sense or a, or a bigger sense, sort of like what you were hitting at of I'm burnt out, but I want to help these guys hit their goal. Like you, you, you view that bigger or when you're a parent and my kid is wearing me out, but I'm raising a leader. I'm not raising a baby. This will pass. If we can, if we can have that, this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight and glory. Of course, this is spiritually, that's a spiritual truth. You know, we can get through the burnout 
if we can know that this is just a slight momentary affliction and, and not lose heart because of it. You know, I think we did. I think we need to take those steps that y'all talked about bur- uh, boundaries, view, stepping back and seeing that other people have, you know, we always say comparisons a sin, but sometimes it's good to be like, it's not so much comparison, but when you say someone else has it so much worse, it's, it's not comparison. It's, it's, that's an attitude of thankfulness. It's anchoring. It's angering to you, yeah. to the rest of us. No, anchoring. Like anchoring. <laughs> not, not angering. Not angering. But, but. <laughs> I thought you said it's angering. I'm no, like, okay, but, man. But hey, <laughs> I still think you need to find something to be thankful for. I think if you can find something to be thankful for when you're burnt out. Yeah. No, but anchoring your perspective. Right. Yeah. Anchoring your perspective, finding what you can be thankful for, setting out those boundaries, keeping that eternal view that you're being renewed. You know, um, but there's always hope. Even in, even in being burnt out, you can find hope. I mean, a drug addict has to find that hope to take that first step when they're still an addict, right? You can you can apply that principle across the board. Uh, somewhere you have to find that spark of hope, and if you focus on those things, I think you can see it, see your gifts, see your talents, see what you're learning. You know. There's always a purpose in the burnout. Always a purpose. Yep. I think that's a good. Uh, I think that's a good mindset to have. If you can say that there's a purpose in this, that helps. Yes. Yeah, well, and you, sometimes you just have to tell yourself and believe it. You won't. It won't make sense, but that's the beauty of hindsight. Time will reveal all things. That's right. Yeah.